The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Next, co-founder of Lakewood Church, Dodie Osteen, shares lessons she learned through contracting polio, becoming a pastor's wife, and being healed of cancer. And so one day, Dr. Uh, T.L. Osborne said, look at Dodie. She walks like a princess. And those words became so alive. I still limp. I still wear shoes that aren't pretty, but I see myself walking as a princess. Those words stayed with me for life. Robinson, Billy and I are thrilled to have this beautiful lady. Now, you know, it's, it's really kind of interesting that you, you have to kind of mention that when you're talking about a wonderful woman named Dodie Osteen, that you just have to say, this happens to be Joel Osteen's mom. <laughs> and the thing about it is, Joel never would have dreamed. He was John and Dodie Osteen's son, and he was always behind the scenes. And all of a sudden, we've got that smiling face out there. And he does reference not only Victoria and the family, but he references with great gratitude not only his dad, but Dodie. And Dodie's here. And I want you just to look. It's a beautiful picture. She's a beautiful person. But I want you to look at what she says. If my heart could talk. Wow, I can't help but wonder if God ever thinks, I wish they could really hear my heart. Oh. And I know Dodie's saying, yeah, I want my heart to talk, but I know she would want it to be expressing his heart, and I think you'll find that it does. Would you welcome Dodie Osteen to life today? Well, Dodie, it's a joy to have you, and uh, we love the, the family. And I want to say to you that I came to be with you years ago at Lakewood when you were still in a metal building. Yes. And uh, John was so kind and gracious. You reminded me when we were eating before we came out here that I forgot my shoes when I was preaching. And I preached in, what did I preach tennis in? Tennis shoes. In my tennis shoes. People didn't care. They just loved you. <laughs> well, I had just gone through what I call a wine skin stretching or where you set your sails to catch the fullness of the fresh wind of the Spirit and the love of God that lifted me above all the boundaries and walls that we tend to put up in a sectarian or denominational point of view. And I was lifted uh, above those barriers, and some people didn't particularly like it. They wanted me to stay right there in the confines of our safe traditional fortresses too often, but God stretched me. Amen. John Osteen invited me to come. And I'd had some people so unhappy with me, they quit supporting me. Mm -hmm. And in that one day we were there, you gave James Robinson and the Ministry of Life the Outreach the largest gift that we had ever received in our entire ministry. And it really was an encouragement to a kid that was being stretched by God. So I want to thank you. And I love being at Lakewood, and I love what's happening now. And I want to thank you for writing the book. How are you doing? I'm blessed. <laughs> I'm so blessed. Um, 35 years after being diagnosed with metastatic cancer of the liver, a tumor the size of an orange and two almonds shaped, once given a few weeks to live right at Christmas time, 1981. <laughs> and took, John took me home, 
because the doctor said we would, I would die. And you know what we did, James? The next day, we laid on the floor in our bedroom, and he prayed, and he commanded cancer to leave. And he said, Jesus, I need her, the children need her, and you need her. And as far as I was concerned in my heart, December 11th is the day that Jesus wow. healed me. Now, it didn't <laughs> seem like that I was healed because of the symptoms and all, but I kept saying that. I said it this morning. I said it nearly every day. Thank you, Father, that on December 11th, I believe I received healing of cancer. I have healing. Cancer will never come the second time, Nahum 1-9, because you've made an utter end of this affliction. I was 48 at the time, James and Betty. <laughs> I'm 82 near, now. So that's a lot more than a few weeks that I was given <laughs> to this. <laughs> And I really believe one of the things that I think if people hear your heart and the heart of God, that, that's the way we take on anything the enemy throws in our path, anything that gets through the filtering fingers of God to attack us. We take it on with an active faith, not a passive faith. We know you can, but we go for it and, and we really take a stand believing Christ the same yesterday, yes. today, and forever, yes. that he can do that, and he Amen. did it. The, the good thing about it is I knew it was God's will to heal me. Some people don't. You know, John was brought up in a denomination where he, and went to seminary where they taught that it, it was not God's will to heal, if it's God's will. And that's the way we used to go to the hospital and pray for people. Mm -hmm. But it is God's will. Yes. When the leper came to Jesus, he said, Master, if it's your will, Jesus just took his hand and said, I can. It's my will. Mm -hmm. He wants us to be well. So if you don't know about healing, get acquainted with it before you get sick. Yeah, and here's the thing, people. Now, think about this a minute. If you believe that it's not God's will for you to be well, you believe he just wants you sick. Doesn't mean he can't teach us That's in right. any battle, any struggle. That's right. However serious it is, however painful it is, he can teach us. And we can learn in those circumstances. But if, in fact, he wanted you sick, would you then not be asking any medical doctor that you asked to deal with the sickness God wanted you to have? Would you not be asking that doctor to be fighting against God when that doctor's trying to make you well from whatever it is God wants you to have? It really makes no sense. You see, if you're a good physician, we have the great physician, you try to help people get well. That's right. Your body has built-in natural, even supernatural mechanisms of healing that resist disease That's right. supernaturally and naturally. So obviously God wants it. So we don't have to wonder, does he want it? But right. how do you answer the question? John didn't get well. Your husband had a disease. How do you answer them? Well, you know what? People say, I'm going to ask God when I get to heaven. I'm going to ask Jesus. When we get to heaven, we're not going to care. I just know the number of our, our days God will fulfill. And uh, he was just sick. Maybe I know he didn't want to go to heaven because he told me just before, a few hours before, no, I'm not going to die. I'm going to live and declare the worst. I don't know. I don't understand. I have to leave it up to God. God knows everything. And so he you, just... You can trust him with what we don't understand. Yes, trust totally. him. Totally. The secret things belong to God. And I don't understand why little babies die, why they're born with certain things, uh, genetic things. But you just leave it to God and keep on serving him. I mean, he's, he knows and does everything well. His ways are better than our ways, and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. No question. And it shouldn't make our faith waver in That's any way. Right. When That's it doesn't, right. It, when we don't get the healing like we thought it like should we be. Thought. You're right, Betty. Then That's we have good. the healing of the broken heart. And I just wish people could get this. There's, there's really not a contradiction here. To want somebody well, that's the reason you would take them to the doctor. Same reason you take them to God. You ask God. And you ask God knowing that he is able, that he is anxious to do good things. When you don't see what you hope for, 
Then you ask God to fill up any painful spot. And by the way, that process sometimes of healing when we had a loss, it's a process. We walk through it. Yes. And God, you, don't, you don't get over it. You live through it with the mm-hmm. grace of God. Mm-hmm. All right, you said if my heart could talk. Well, I have an idea your heart can talk. What do you want people to hear that you know they will get when they journey through the book? And there's no way in a few minutes in television time that we can cover the depth. But what is it that you're praying that people get when they read your story? I dedicated to Jesus, the book to Jesus, and I, I just want people to know that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He will never, ever, ever change. He loves us no matter where we've come from, no matter where we've been, no matter where we're going. He loves us. If you think that he doesn't love you because of your past, that's not true because Jesus loves everybody. He has no favorites. He just loves everybody. And I want people to realize that just because I got healed, it doesn't mean I'm his favorite. He doesn't have any favorites. He loves everybody the same, mm-hmm. and he wants everybody to be well. And he wants us to overlook people and their faults and all, and to be an imitator of he himself, because Jesus loves people. He doesn't cr- criticize them. He doesn't condemn them. He loves them, no matter where they've done what they've done, no matter where they've come from. He loves them, and I want them to know that Jesus has a good life for all of us and that we can do whatever our hearts desire. I asked Jesus when John went to heaven, I just thought, God, you've given me so much. You've healed me. I've, I've had such a good life. I have five beautiful children. And I said, I wish I could get this out of my heart and tell it. And Jesus spoke to my heart and said, 17 years ago, I want you to write a book and I want you to call it If My Heart Could Talk. Mm-hmm. So that's what we did. It took a while. Sometimes we ask God for things and they don't come immediately, but they will come in God's timing. And that's what that book did. It came in God's timing. So I just want them to be encouraged by it and to know that there is hope and Jesus is that hope and he's always there for them, no matter what we've done or where we've come from. You had a challenge when you were a girl and uh, I watched you walk in here. And I know about what happened to you. Tell tell our viewers, because you talk about it here and what happened to you and what somebody said. Yes. Because words. you made it clear words really have an impact. Boy, oh, do they ever. Do I they mean, ever. if you call somebody stupid and a child stupid, yes. you have put a, a yes. dent in them that without the healing of God mm-hmm. it is a lifetime point You're of damage. Right. Right. What happened to you when you were a child? When I was uh, just a year and a half old, I had polio. They didn't know exactly what it was at that time. They said it was a virus and that I would get over it. But I quit walking for a while. I had high fever and everything. Finally, they just diagnosed it with polio. And so all those years, one leg is shorter and one leg is smaller. My, I wear two different size shoes. One of them is small and one's bigger. And so all these years through my lifetime, I was sad about the way my shoes looked and that I limped, but I was thankful that I could walk. And I would thank Jesus all the time. Thank you. I had five children without any difficulty, but still I had in my heart that I don't wear pretty shoes. Mm. And so one day, Dr. Uh, T.L. Osborne, who is a great man of God, great soul winner. Mm -hmm. I mean, didn't have much education, but he was brilliant. And he and John and I were walking and he said, look at Dodie. She walks like a princess. And those words came to me, became so alive. And ever since then, that's probably 40 years ago that he said that. And ever since then, when I see myself walking in a mirror or in a a storefront, you know, 
I see myself walking as a princess. I still limp, I still wear shoes that aren't pretty, but I see myself walking as a princess. Those words stayed with me for life. Just wow. like our words stay with our children. If we beat them down, they're gonna remember that. If we say good things about them, I taught my children to say, I heard some of them say, go make your bed. And I, to one of their children, I said, why don't you just say, please, please go make your bed. <laughs> It'll make a difference. I used to say, don't dispute my word. And, and uh, I heard April, who's here in the audience, say to her sister, uh, my mother used to say, mother used to say this all the time, and I would laugh at her and say, now my, I say it to my children, don't dispute my word. You know, <laughs> so words mean so much yeah. to each other. And to your husband or your mm -hmm. wife, make them feel like you love them so much. And I used to tell the, the women in the church, kiss your husbands often, because if you don't, the little secretary might start looking good too. <laughs> Let me tell you what gets funny is we got an older I gotta show you this. This is how bad I kiss too much. Clear oh, <laughs> across the room. That's oh, it. That's well, at least it's, you know, it's communicating. Years, you know. Oh, when you fell in love with her. I tell you, years old. I fell in love with her when I was 15. 15, oh, 15. Yeah, vacation Bible school. Yeah. Vacation. That's right. And now we were the teachers in vacation yeah. Bible school. We weren't the little kids. But I just, I told her I was the president of the vacation Bible school. I needed a secretary. Oh. <laughs> uh, you know, and I wasn't the president of anything. <laughs> but you know what? We we really did fall in love, and we are in love. And we've been married 53 years, and we're still in love. Yeah, you said you would be married to John if he was still there. How long now? 63 this year. 63 mm -hmm. years this year. Well, you know, what you said was so important about the words that we speak, you know, how, how we can encourage someone or discourage them. Right. And I have to say, my husband has been, always been my biggest encourager. Oh, how He's sweet. always, I will say, well, I can't do that. He said, you can do all things oh. to Christ. You know, he just always has been Isn't a that big sweet. encouragement Thank you, to me. So that. words are very, very they important. And, and I think when uh, Dr. Osborne said that about you, about walking, that walked like a princess, you were hearing what God thought about you. You know, and really, if we can see ourselves through God's eyes. That's the truth. It makes a difference. That's, that's sweet, <laughs> Betty, thank you. Don't you think that, that when you uh, sit out front and pray for Joel, you pray for people he's preaching to, that you are really longing for him to hear the heart of God? And that when you said, if my heart could talk, isn't that really what you want them to hear? And when they read this book, don't you sense they're going to hear God's heart speaking to them? I trust they you? will. Because that's what I feel. And I think the hope that, that Joel offers and the love he extends to everybody, it's so important. You know what I wish my preacher friends would, would, would cease doing? Trying to shape each other in one another's image and appreciate the unique design and the unique gifting and the unique way in which God's preachers and people communicate and do things. Why can't we pull together? I, I mean, that's one of the great longings. That's the longing in the heart of Jesus. Yes, it is. And it's the last part of that prayer in John 17, that we would be family, supernaturally in unity. And he said, what? The world will know you're what? My disciples, My disciples. not just church folks or yes. Pentecostals or Baptists or Catholic. But you're my family. Isn't that what you long for in your yes, heart to see? it is. It is. Love overcomes a multitude of sins. Mm -hmm. I mean, I see people that are so unlovely, and then God just speaks to my heart, well, go give them a hug or something. I, back mm -hmm. in the hippie, sure. yeah. a hippie movie, 
movement, <laughs> when long hair and all that. <laughs> and we, you got to guess after a while with long hair. And I love him. He's so sweet. Matt Brian Welch. He yeah, is so sweet. sweet. Yeah. But I, I didn't want to hug him because I, I just maybe felt like they weren't clean or something. Yeah. And you know, God spoke to my heart and said, you go hug that man Absolutely. that you don't want to. And I did. And I'm telling you, it just did something for him. He yeah. couldn't believe that I would come and hug Absolutely. homeless people. Mm. I don't care what they look like. I just go hug them. Mm. And Jesus would do that. He sure. never Sinner. turned anybody down. Mm. Sinners, Jesus went to them and loved them. Mm -hmm. The scum, whatever. It doesn't matter. I walked through a hotel lobby and a young man there was with Bill Gaither. He's part of his band. And he came over and he said, do you remember... Do you remember in a Howard Johnson's restaurant down in Florida one night, probably maybe midnight, he said, you walked over to a guy with a red bandana and long hair and scraggly looking and sat down in the booth with him. And I said, you know what? I think I do. And he said, well, I was that guy. Oh, my word. And he said, I was strung out on drugs and you sat there in that booth and you loved me. And I gave my life to Jesus, and now I'm one of Bill Gaither's musicians. Isn't that a great story? Isn't that the way it ought to be? So we're nobody, just else, nobody else would take time to do what you did. Well, see, but we've got to. This is what you're trying to say. If we will just notice, and you do notice, and, and your prayers, and, you know, I opened this program thanking John and thanking you for reaching out to me when I was going through a stretching process in my life that some people didn't understand. And maybe I didn't explain it the best way. And sometimes I can be a little bit zealous about some things and maybe I even overspoke or didn't always speak the wisest. But God did something in my life that did lift me above the walls and barriers. And I, I said to all my friends, I want to preach to the whole church in the whole earth so the church could be made whole. Do you oh, think that's a good I, hope? Oh, I think that's so good. Isn't and that you your do hope that. too? You, yes, yes. Well, I want all of you to get this book. Would you thank Dodie Osteen for the gift she is? And the gift she and John have given all of us with their beautiful family. And I, I just want to, I want to say this to you. It's in the bookstores. You can go online. Isn't it, a, isn't it a wonderful thing? You know, we just had something delivered when we left the house earlier today. And it came from Amazon, where you ordered something that you needed. And I mean, they are amazing. If the church would deliver the goods like Amazon does, we might really get on with the gospel. People can do amazing things. Well, you can go on any of the online uh, ordering places, and whether it's Barnes and Nobles or wherever you want to go, or go to the stores. But get this book and, and get it for somebody. And Dodie, what we're going to do, we're going to actually let all of our viewers have a copy. I'm going to send it to them to do what your husband said not long before he died. John called me and he said, James, I'm a mission-minded pastor. And I want to thank you and Betty for bringing the mission fields of the world into our homes. Thank you. And we've done that. And, and you know sweet. what? Our viewers have responded. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to look right now and see if you don't want to be the hands of Jesus in the situation you're about to see. And you be the answer to the challenge. Watch. This is Melinda. And she's a grandmother who's lost three grandchildren to the malnutrition needs that are in this village. <laughs> Mm -hmm. 
She is very concerned about her youngest now that she takes care of. His name is Vintholino, and she's concerned that she won't be able to provide for him and that he will die just like the other three that she's lost. <laughs> You know, I can't imagine that what it's like to just to lose a child because you don't have enough food. Um, it's heartbreaking. My heart hurts for her. That she feels so helpless to be able to do anything. But you know what, I think we can help her. I think we can change that for this grandmother and for the moms that are here in this village. And we can help them get the right food that's going to make their bodies healthy. They'll be able to fight off disease. We want that for these people. We want this for this grandmother. I know who you want to help too. Oh, Jeannie, I, I, uh, I look at Jeannie Rogers at Mission Heart. Jeannie's, uh, she accepted Christ nearly 50 years ago where I was preaching and traveled with us as Jerry Falwell said, the greatest singer in the world. And what a singer she is. But she's a missionary too, but she's also a grandmother to 11 beautiful grandchildren. So when she's sitting there by a grandmother, then she knows what that grandmother feels. And we know what it is to pray for our family when they have challenges. And if you have the answer, which she's asking, I want to take care of this other little grandchild. I want to see all the children we live. And Betty, we really do have the opportunity to be the answer to that heart cry. We, we can give we really them do. the and These the precious answer. mothers and grandmothers, as you just saw there, would do anything to let, as she said, I want to see my little grandson grow up. Well, without food, he can't do that. And that grandmother knows that. And she's done all she knows she can do, but she has no way to get food for her grandson. So I, that's where we can step in and make the difference. What a joy to be able, when you see a need like that, that can save the life of children, we jump right in, you jump right in and help us, and we thank you so much for that. Well, let's do it again. We're showing you the opportunity, and it is an opportunity to bring life to these precious little children. Let's feed them. We've been asking you to do this now for some 25 years, and you've saved. And we know for a fact from the reports from the governments of the continent of Africa and the nations there, over 10 million lives saved. Did you just hear what I said? 10 million little children like that saved. Why? Because of... Betty and James, no. Not even because of the missionaries, but because of you. Because you didn't change the channel, walk away, or look away. You looked in and you saw, I can answer that heart cry. I can answer that prayer. And here's what we're asking you to do. Several times a year, we will ask you to make a gift that will give for several months food. 30 50 $100 feeds three five or 10 children for the next months. Now, let me tell you what we found. Once we stabilize, we get everything where they're on a good footing. 
if we will then start feeding once a day at schools, we can keep those kids coming to school. And so it changes everything. Their little bodies, their little minds, and their future. And so we're asking you to do that. Would you please, if you could help us feed three, five, or 10 children, you go to lifetoday.org or you dial that number, you take your bank card and you make the gift you can. If you would help us support a school feeding program for three months, it's $1,400. It's $5,600 for the year. And some of you could say, I'm gonna feed kids in a school setting for a whole year. Or I'm gonna feed them for this feeding period where we're helping the children in all the different feeding areas where you're reaching out in a crisis situation. Uh, I may be giving 30, 50, or 100, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna also give the 1,400 to take care of a school for this same period of time. There's a level at which you can participate. We have some wonderful gifts that we're gonna send you from some of the most truly blessed women who are teaching you how to walk in the presence of the Lord and literally live out your destiny. God's design for you. We send this to you just like we send food to save their lives. We send you spiritual nourishment to help you grow in your life's journey. Would you please right now go lifetoday.org or dial that number and use your bank card to make the gift God puts on your heart. You're giving the greatest gift. You're giving life. Thank you for doing it. In remote and impoverished areas of Africa, families are suffering, facing death by starvation, and those hit the hardest are the children. Life's Mission Feeding Program is there, ready to feed and care for these children in crisis areas of Angola, Mozambique, and Sudan. With all of our previous reserves gone and Southern Africa facing its worst drought and food shortage in years, we urgently need to replenish our food supplies to reach 400,000 children counting on us. Your life-saving gift of $30, $50, or $100 will help feed and care for three, five, or 10 children for the next three months. Please also consider a special gift of $1,400 to help sponsor a school and help feed 140 children for three full months. With your gift of any amount, we'll send you the brand new audio series, Living Your Destiny. Hear five outstanding Bible teachers and women of faith share how to live the life God destined for you. With your gift of $100 or more, you'll also receive The Longing in Me by Sheila Walsh and Unashamed by Christine Kane. And finally, with your gift of $1,000 or more, be sure to request Majesty, our 2016 commemorative bronze sculpture. Please call, write, or go online today and make your gift of life to help feed and care for hungry children. I want to also mention to you, Dodie Osteen is our guest, and you just simply help us feed some of those children and say, Could, would you send me Dodie's book? If my heart could talk, your heart just spoke when you reached out and said, I want to share God's love and give you life, give you a chance. We'll be glad to send it to you and to say thank you. And I'd like all of our audience to join me and Betty and just saying thanks to Miss Dodie. You're such a blessing. We love you and the whole family. And we love the Lakewood family. And we pray for all of you. God bless you. Thank you for watching live today. Thanks for sharing life.
his new book, The Stream, James Robison charts a plan for spiritual revolution in America. The Stream, available now online and at retail bookstores. The guitarist for Korn explains how God led him to rejoin the band he left after coming to faith. You know, he didn't save me just for me, he saved me to, to be a light. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.